podcast i'm jace of the house stokes protector of the realm lord of the seven kingdoms um and all that other good stuff uh with me today as well we've got uh willie of the house thompson hello Vila Muggles. he's lord of something i don't know lord of the flies lord of somethings and uh, we've also got stew of the house cullen um lord of the, the crab at bastards <laughs> lord of the argumentative pricks all right so here we are again, um, we've got the illustrious band back together, we haven't been together for much and much amounts of time, but um, we thought we'd throw a podcast out. Um, I've still been watching lots of um, World Cups, as you'll have got last time, I've, World Cup was getting in the way. I've tried not to let it get in the way, even though we're at quarter-final stage nearly. Um, so um, here we are to do an actual podcast. So as you can tell from my intro stuff, um, I've been watching a bit of Game of Thrones. And, Sorry, um, and I- <laughs> It's all right, that. I think I'm, I'm a bit late to the party. Obviously, I've been going for, what, four years now or something? Yep. Um, I've always wanted to watch it. Um, but in the last three weeks, I've actually sat down and watched all of it. In fact, I watched all four seasons in nine days or something like that. Um, so it was an epic catch-up, if you like. And last Friday, I actually finished work at one and then watched all ten episodes straight. So I'm all caught up now. So I can join everyone else in loving Game of Thrones and... Uh, Moaning that there isn't another one for another ten months or something now. Um, so, so it's a bit shit that they killed off Tyrion in that last episode, isn't it? Yeah, bastards, and they. I, I wouldn't have thought they'd have killed everyone off, including the dragons. It's, it's yeah. terrible. I really wasn't expecting uh, Sean Bean to show back up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Walking around with his head off, uh, <laughs> <laughs> chopping people up. Just sitting in the corner um, going, you bastard. Obviously, we're not going to do any spoilers on that. I, I, I don't even know if I can talk about it without anything being a spoiler. It's a load of old balls. Yeah. Um, there must be other people who are even further behind the times than me, as strange as it is to believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's been most of my time. So I haven't really got a great deal of games to talk about. Um, I can talk about some shortly, but I'll let everybody else who has been playing proper games talk, and then I'll let you know what I've been up to um, with Mr. Dashboxer. So, Will... Have you been playing any games, or have you been sat in front of the teller like a moron like me? I have been sat in front of the teller like a moron playing games. Ah! <laughs> so, okay. so, um, yes. Right, this might come as a shock. Remember Dark Souls? Um, no? What, what, what's that? You remember me talking about Dark Souls last year? Um, I kind of do, yes. And my opinion of Dark Souls. Yeah, it was much the same as my opinion. It was a janky old bag of shite. Right. Okay, so uh, I decided to rent Dark Souls 2, give it, give it a wee bash, because I wanted to slate it again, I really, really did. Um, so I, I played through that, really enjoyed it, and I decided on, a few people were telling me I should do this, but I decided to play Dark Souls 1, give it another bash since I'd played the second one and enjoyed it, and I have to say, I like Dark Souls 1 better than Dark Souls 2. That's uh controversial? Yeah, right, it's still the same idea. It still works the same. Um, I remember thinking that the moves in Dark Souls were really clunky, but I can see now how it's deliberately clunky 
Do you know what I mean? And the more you level up like your character's dexterity and stuff, you become less clunky or you can pick like a lighter sword and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? But everything in Dark Souls is really deliberate and it's all about knowing exactly when to swing your sword, when to when to raise your shield, when to roll and stuff like that. It's it's quite the hardcore game, as everybody knows, do you know what I mean? But I definitely prefer the first one, because the first one has, um, when you level up, every time you put, like, it's, the way it works in Dark Souls is you get, you get one skill point per level, do you know what I mean? Like, so you can put a point into strength, a point into dexterity, faith, or whatever. <clears throat> in Dark Souls 2, when you put, like, a point into strength, it's like a tiny, tiny margin it goes up by, but I definitely feel in Dark Souls 1, when you level up, you get like a nice significant number added to your character's stats and stuff like that. There's also the fact that Dark Souls 1, the um, bringing characters into your game is gash because the servers are absolutely terrible. So I'm actually finding in Dark Souls 1 I'm having to solo most of the bosses, to be honest, and it's making me better at the game. But yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it and I recommend it to anybody who likes a bit of a challenge. That's pretty handy that it was on the uh, Games of Gold recently, wasn't it? So I've yeah. certainly downloaded it to try and give it another go. Yeah, I think the big thing about Dark Souls 1 is direction at the start of it. If, did you, you played the tutorial section, didn't you? I don't know, mate. I just uh, lumped around and didn't really have any sort of control and then turned it off. Right, okay. Um, when you play Dark Souls 1, you get the tutorial section, which is the Undead Asylum at the start of it. Uh, you kind of make your way around that and you eventually have to fight a giant kind of dragon thing. Like a big boss thing. Yeah. Um, once you beat him, you then go on a little bit further and it takes you out of the asylum completely and takes you into the main game. So that was kind of the tutorial you'd have been in. Um, it then drops you off in a bonfire and from that bonfire there's about three different routes that you can take. The only thing is, two of those routes you really shouldn't take because the enemies are massively over-leveled for you. So, oh, right, yeah. And I think that was my problem when I played it the first time. I wasn't sure. The game doesn't hold your hand. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to try going one way for a while and when it becomes apparent that you can't beat the guys there, you're supposed to go, right, okay, I'll try somewhere else. But I wasn't doing that. I was determined that, yeah, this is the start of the game. I should be able to beat the enemies here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think when I, I, I can't remember the start of it when I, I certainly remember going up some stairs and being attacked by some skeleton and then not really having any sort of control of my character and dying horribly over the first enemy and I was like, oh, this is a bit fucking balls. Yeah, because those skeletons are massively over-leveled for you. I'm still, I mean, I'm 15 hours into the game now and I'm still not strong enough to fight them skeletons yet. Do you know what I mean? That Yeah. It's deliberate, and then when you go in, so obviously they're much stronger than you, but they move faster than you, which makes your character... It's why you probably felt that your character was moving about in jam, compared to the skeletons that were just zipping about and murdering you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, it's once you actually realise, no, you're supposed to go up... There's a big, long set of stairs that go up the side of a cliff, and once you start going that way, it all clicks into place. But it's really fun. It's got its problems, though, as I mentioned, the... uh, Summoning people into your game is a problem in Dark Souls 1 because the servers are absolute gash. Um, I've heard people say, oh, it's an old game, though, not many people are using it, but no, I'm seeing plenty of the summon signs, which means people are wishing to be summoned in, people are playing it in my area and they are wanting to get summoned into my game, but every time I try to summon someone, it's like, I need to try it 20 times before I can actually summon someone into my game. Yeah, so it feels Uh, all broken and... 
yeah, it's just not working. And apparently that was a problem right from the beginning with Dark Souls 1. Dark Souls 2 doesn't have that problem at all. It's just hard that you actually find the signs. But once you find them, you're generally summoning someone into your game. The the good news is, though, um, you get NPCs that you can summon into the game. So even if you're playing it offline, there's generally for most of the harder bosses, there's an NPC that you can summon in who'll give you a little hand. They don't do a lot of damage, but they'll gen- generally they'll aggro the boss a wee bit and give you a bit of leeway to go and heal yourself and then run back into the fight and stuff like that. Well, that can help, can't it? If they can take a bit of damage for you and just, just get in the way, get the boss something else to look at. Yeah. There was one NPC, I thought, like a big butterfly thing, and there was an NPC I summoned into the game who could use magic, and I had no ranged weapons at all, and it was flying about, so basically I had just, just had to run about dodging its ta- attacks while... The magic user was flinging fireballs at it and shit. <laughs> but I don't feel proud about that one at all. But whatever. The uh, other issues with um, the other issue with Dark Souls 1, and I think this has been a problem since day one, it's never properly been fixed. There's an area in the game, right, it's uh, called Blight Town. Um, from a quest point of view, from like a story progression point of view, it's the second place you need to go in the, go in the game because you're told very early on you need to ring these two bells uh, to do the first part of the story. And the first one is up in the Undead Town, um, which is fine. I did that one. took me about 10 hours of my, my five of my 15 hours so far playthrough. But the next one, you're supposed to go down to this place called Blight Town. Now, you go into Blight Town, and Blight Town is dark, like really, really dark, and... It's one of those really, really cuntish areas where it's like a dungeon, but it's all up and down wooden ladders, and it's it's a proper little 3D maze you need to find your way through. Uh, on top of that, if you can make your way to the bottom of Blight Town, the entire bottom level of it is all water, but it's poisonous. So you need to run about through the poison, constantly getting poisoned, losing health as you go. So that's all. If that wasn't bad enough, the problem with Dark Souls 1 is... Um, in, in, in that place in particular, Blight Town, probably because it's such a big weaving area, there's a massive frame rate drop in the place, and it's really, really horrible. I'm not the kind of person that bothers about frame rates, but sometimes you're in a fight and the game speed drops down to about fifty percent, and it's like playing. Do you remember um, getting the old turbo pads that used to literally just pause the game and unpause it constantly <laughs> to play it in slow motion? It's like playing a game like that. Um, it's, it's really horrible. And considering Dark Souls is mostly about timing, rather than it's, it's about knowing exactly when to roll out the way, when you're doing that and you're trying to roll and suddenly the game drops to 50% frame rate, and it, it just mucks up your whole game. So I'm not happy with that. I'm stuck in that area right now because of the frame rate issues. Um, there's, I've been watching Let's Play videos for it, right? But don't before you start judging me, Jess, because I can I can feel it coming. Um, I've been watching let's plays of areas after the fact, so I'll do the area, beat the boss, and then before I move on to the next one, I'll watch a let's play to see if I missed any cool items. So I think that's acceptable, eh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but the guy was talking about this Blight Town place, and he was literally saying he's going to do a speed run of the place because he doesn't want to put up really really crappy video footage, basically. So. Um, I might have to look at how to get through that place quickly because it's it's making me feel like not playing the game anymore, which is sad because it's such a good game. 
but yeah, that, that's basically that's what I've been playing. I got my Raptor report in this week, you know, the one that tells you what games you've been playing all week and how much yeah. time you've been, been playing. And the email title said I'd been playing 23 and a half hours. So I scrolled down the email to see what to see what games I've been playing. And it just said Dark Souls 23 and a half hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fair enough then. Yeah, I've been fired. Nothing fired. else was played. Exactly. And that that's basically it, mate. That's, that's my games. So someone else yeah, want cool to take times, the floor? Man. Cool times. I know Stu's been playing uh, a couple of should-be-decent games. What you got, Hello. Stu? Aye. Um, I'll probably start off with just rounding up my final thoughts and feelings on Thief for the last time I was on. Many, many, many moons ago. I was kind of jury out on it. Um, having finished it, uh, it's alright. It's not amazing. There were some really nice levels in the game. I liked the asylum. I liked the bridge where it was all like, kind of been destroyed and stuff. The general overarc of the story but was so-so, um, and at the end I felt kind of like, meh, I was not too fussed with it. So it's, it's an okay game, but it's not an amazing game, you know what I mean? It'll be good to pick up cheap, but it never really did anything for me. And then when you go back to the open world, the open world just, uh, I found it really hard to kind of, really hard and clunky to navigate and stuff, you know? There was never any landmarks to kind of place yourself, but, Hey ho, that's life in it. So do you think it's worth a rent, mate? Aye, it's it's a good enough game, but the, 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 it, I played through the story mode mainly, and I enjoyed it. Um, the story's kind of the harsh fuzz it and that, and the end bit's kind of mm, so-so, but some of the levels are really nice and stuff, and it's an enjoyable enough game. It's no as good as Dis- Dishonored for me, personally, but that's my view on it. I think Dishonored's a better game. But it does have some nicer features that would be good in Dishonored. But in the whole, it was it was just kind of so-so. I know I kind of was had high hopes for it and stuff. But I enjoyed it. But at the same time, I wouldn't I wouldn't say you run out and buy it, you know. No. So that brings a close to that one. Kind dunk. Um. Yeah. So only actual games, good games. Um. But in Nazi Fest. So far, uh, the start of the month, uh, I picked and up. And this was just running to his house. Yeah. There's no right quite like a third right. Um. I've picked up Wolfenstein, I know Derek was talking about it, and I think Terry was maybe talking about it as well in the past. Um, picked it up, I've got my thousand G in it, I've hammered that game to within an inch of its life. I really enjoyed it, thought it was pretty good. Bit too short, um, but... Which is sad considering the fact that it's uh, only a single player campaign. Yeah, it's a nice rich world and there's there's really nice levels and I love the combat in it and all like that and it's really good in that, but... When you boil it down to it, it's kind of like, there's only a few levels that are truly combat driven, whereas the rest, there's a lot of kind of stealthing, you could stealth through quite a bit of the game and stuff and that, and it's good, but at the same time, it's kind of like, is it really worth the money to pay for for a single player campaign, you know? Um, but I love the setting, I love what they did with it, I love the kind of, the levels you play in it, they're really good ones, you you go through like London to Berlin and stuff, and then other bits and play pieces, um, and then there's some really interesting concepts and stuff, because I really like the whole, if the Nazis won this, or if the Nazis, anything with Nazis in it, is always good enemy, good enemy, quality enemy. I was watching an Auschwitz documentary this morning, and uh, they didn't look very good in that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying as in, like, I'm never pro, no, my favourite enemy in any game, and I've stated it before, is uh, I love... I don't know why it is, it's just the weight they bring. I think it's the weight because in theory it was a real world enemy, you know, it's a real, it was a real thing, whereas killing the say zombies on the real? Well, a wee bit, you know what I mean? Even Nazi zombies are kind of questionable, but when you think about going up against them and that, and 
it's just a whole psychological thing, I think, or maybe it's just because I'm mental, possibly, either or. But, um, I think there's a reason your original Xbox username that got banned was Zyklon B. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll leave that where it is. Carry on. Yeah, time. so, um, yeah, if you're looking for a really good, fun, easy to pick up and play, um, easy to get all the achievements in kind of game, Wolfenstein's, the, the harder mode, Uber mode is kind of hard. But at the same time, it's just a case of grinding and finding out weapon drops and stuff like that. That was the only that was the only one that really took me time to kind of get my way around. Um, and as for the other Nazi killing spree, it was I picked up Sniper Sniper Elite Three at the on Friday there as it was released. Um, and it's pretty much just freaking sniping Nazis in the face <laughs> and, and X-Ray. So in this Sniper Elite game, there's sniping like there has been in the last two Sniper Elite games. Yeah, and as in the last two Sniper Elite games, when you go mid-range, so basically if you ain't sniping and if you go mid-range, the arse falls clean out of the game. It's I don't know what it is. The Sniper Elite 2, when you went sniping and then it became like kind of close quarters when you were using machine guns, was it never felt right, it never felt weighted and stuff dead clunky in this it's slightly better but it's never you never feel comfortable unless you're actually really sniping which is kind of I know that's what the game's about but when the game forces you to go through areas with guys with a pistol and stuff it's kind of counterintuitive you know Um, so far I've played the first four levels in it and it's pretty good it's kind of like an open arena style thing so a mission takes place on a big area and you can uh, go through the area picking up the targets and it keeps updating going kill these guys get intel then kill these guys and so on and so on um and there's a kind of mechanic where if you're spotted you have to uh, run away and if you run away you become a ghost because they can't find you and then you get more bonuses because you're the ghost rating you know um the big selling point in this game is the x-ray vision shots for when you you basically you're sniping yeah, the I Mortal Kombat fatalities. Aye, pretty much. It's like, <laughs> in the Sniper Elite 2, there was two layers. There was basically the external layer and the internal layer. So you would see a guy, you could shoot a guy in the heart and you would see his heart explode. Well, in this, there's like the external layer, which is the muscle. You've got the bone, you've got the flesh, and then there's also the bloods coagulated in it. So some of them so far is like, I've shot a guy and I've snapped his spinal cord. So it basically detaches his head from his spine. Which is pretty cool. I've kneecapped a guy, took a, took a shot and it just went right through his knees, which was pretty cool. And then I've done the guy where I got him through the abdomen and it kind of burst his intestine and then it went right out the other back of him and went into another guy and blew up his testicle, which is pretty cool as well. Um, it's all about shooting the testicles. Aye, that's what I found in the last one I played. Aye, it's, it's, there's actually like, it's called a testicle, um, <laughs> which is the, <laughs> the bonus, the bonus you get for, um, potting balls. Um, but I really like it. It's, it's, it is good for what it is, i.e. slow motion, 20 mile away, bullet time, x-ray vision. But the minute it comes down, down, getting up close and personal with a man's balls, that's what you like. Yeah, well, <laughs> shooting anything, man, shooting the third right, getting it right first time. Um, oh, for fuck. but at the end fuck. of the day, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, um, I'm enjoying it, but we'll come on to another issue in it later in this episode. But the one thing I'll say is it is quite glitchy. And I say that nicely. Um, the day I got it, I glitched with my binoculars. I don't know if you guys seen it, but I put it up on Twitter where you could actually see the inside of my character's head. So, not only does the game have x-ray vision, I can actually see my character's teeth and his nose. I think they're just showing off the uh, 3D models. To be yeah, it was kind of like, the, the, the last game, and I'm going to put it in brackets because I know I get, I know certain people, you know who you are, 
have mentioned, I mention this in every episode, but there's a particular game I've mentioned in pretty much every episode. Better not be Colonial Marines. Well, it might be where it ended up going 3D, the camera ended up popping at the back of the character's head, so I ran about the level with my camera behind Apam's head. Right. And it became like a third-person shooter, which was very similar to this, but instead of popping out the back of your character's head, because this is a third-person shooter, it actually went internally. So right. it was a bit random. So to put it in the context, if it's going to have the same number of glitches as that game, which may name nameless, um, then it's going to be quite an episode, I think, uh, playing through it. Because I know I've sent a video to you guys of some glitches people have found, and I noticed some of the ragdoll physics in it are crazy. When you shoot guys, they, they kind of it'll rupture their bones and then all of a sudden their like waist twists and they just blow, they just fly away. <laughs> See, I, lo- I love that kind of uh, dodgy, janky physics glitches. You know I do. I've, I've loved it in all sorts of games. Whenever there's oh, a, a, great feeling. a dodgy glitch, I love it. But yeah, it, it might um, suspend your reality of the game a bit, but it certainly makes you have a laugh, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, it's... There's, a, there's a really funny one in... Um, I've watched the videos about the, the ones in Dragon Age... Uh, there's, there's a really funny video out there where someone got a glitch where they're standing talking to one of the characters, Alistair, and there's nothing, there's no action stuff, there's no random physics going on around about them. This is a, pretty much just a standard, just the two of them are just standing talking to each other, and while he's talking to him, his head is twisting round, <laughs> but it's not twisting round like um, like in The Exorcist, it's twisting down the way. Like, <laughs> where the head goes like below his chest. Nice. But every time it goes round the full rotation, it's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> and I'm just, I just, I cost the fact that I, I didn't spot that glitch because that's hilarious. I, 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 I've always been a big, massive fan of glitches. I can lose myself on YouTube looking at glitch videos for ages, man. It's just such good stuff out there. And uh, obviously, um, I'm a big lover of Goat Simulator, and uh, that's just all about the glitches. That that game just is fantastic. But anyway, I'm it's breaking into your chat here. Sorry. Well, yeah, that's it. Glitch, glitches are what the game's built on. It was actually built on a glitch. So, but mm. um, anyway, sorry, aye, I hijacked your thing. Aye, not from. Um, aye, so other than that, and like I say, when you shoot a guy for twenty mile away it, in the ragdoll like a glitch, it's not a problem because you just think to yourself, "Fuck that bullet was going really fast." <laughs> But um, other than that, so far it's oh, it's by the numbers. The story in it is totally throwaway. I don't. I could normally I could tell you my character's name. Uh, it's the same guy for the second one, and I can't even remember his name for there. Um, it's got some co-op in it. I'm going to need to try the co-op as well. Um, which is quite cool because one he plays a spotter, i.e., one he's got binoculars and a machine gun and spots the guys, obviously, and then the other guy's a sniper, so he shoots the guys. Um, I think they're fighting who gets to the sniper. It sounds like they've done it wrong to me. It sounds like. You should have somebody going in doing the close quarter stuff, and then the other person backing them up with the sniping. That would really uh, well. There's a sniper game into it. Well, that's the spotters. Snipers they go out in twos, don't they? It's generally uh, not a spot. Oh yeah, definitely. But I'm thinking of a, a game gameplay mechanic. Well, right. sp- having it so you're covering someone's ass, or somebody's not expecting being attacked from behind when they're sneaking into somewhere, and you can snipe them off. That that sort of thing. It, that's that's an idea that would really work for me. Well, the spotter does come with like a, does come with an alien, a, a submachine gun, so he does come with a short range weapon. But the kind of layout of the maps and stuff, it, it's it's a case of you need to run away a bit because there's the volume of enemies within the area is quite high. But I don't know what it's like in the third version and the second version. That was the case. Was if he ran in, there were too many enemies for too many points that could get him, you know. And then it's a case of he gets downed and you need to go and get him. And, 
it never ends well. There's also four player co-op, which I'll need to try as well, which wow. sounds majorly mental. Because you can just imagine four guys sniping the one target. That'd be all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. that would be a case. Imagine of... the glitches of that. The <laughs> job would just end up as a bag of goo. Just... <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, so far, so far, so good. It's um, it's it's enjoyable. But then at the end of the day, it was it's all you're buying it just for that kill shot, just for that ability to shoot a guy, see it going into his skull and blow in the back of his skull, or cramp on the front of his nose and his face, or shearing his kneecaps off, or Whatever yeah, it may it's be, always you know? seemed like a bit of a something you could put out a tech demo. You could just have that as its own little thing rather than trying to build a game with a story around it. I think, um, yeah, okay, they've done it a few times now. Is it a bit played out now? Do you think there's, they're going to do another one? Or? <sighs> I don't know. I think I think as well it's a tactical decision because it's coming in the middle of the summer. I think it's really tactical because there's nothing out there right now. You know what I mean? It's like the wave, the last big wave was for Wolfenstein Borderline... Watchdogs was definitely it, and then you've got that the new, and you really don't have anything released till September October time now. I know you've got like Metro and Diablo and stuff, but they're just HDified, no HDified, but re-releases or updated expansions of existing games. So it's definitely got a target market out there. But I'm wondering how many copies will end up in CEX or end up in game two three weeks down the line when people have kind of went ah. It's 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 fulfilled its duty, you know what I mean? A weekend's worth of fun, just blowing crowds about, you know what I mean? Yeah, Elite 2 didn't take long to get into the bargain bins, as far as I remember. Mm-hmm. Well, they gave it away free on Steam before the launch of the game. Before the launch of the game, I was it was um, it was a case of they were like, don't buy the game on Steam, and then the next day they ended up, I think it was shipping like 9 million copies of the game on Steam, because it was free. <laughs> Nice. And they were, they were getting all excited because it was in the charts. They're like, oh, we're number one in the charts. No, we're not. You've, you've released a full-titled game for free. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's a no-brainer. Pause it. Yeah. But, um, alright, good games all round. Just Nazi killing all round. It's what I like. You know what I mean, good summer pastime, you know? So... You need to get yourself a uh, PlayStation. Get yourself on the kill zones, mate. Going to kill some more Nazis. Ugh, the Hellgaster killing. You know, I mean, the Hellgaster. I've, I've played Killzone 4 as well. Um, and it was, I don't like it. It's really barren and silent but the good story behind that is long stories cut short but um playstation did that also playstation thing where they've went oh we're putting dlc the dlc is one pound 40 and you go all right by the way if you download that dlc you don't get the dlc you get the full game so um at two in the morning i remember frantically phoning andy and saying to download that dlc pack and you get the whole game for one pound 40 nice which they did with uncharted as well on the PlayStation 3 at launch. So PlayStation have a history of doing that, taking full price titles and fucking up the DLC code on it. I'm all um, for that, mate. That's my, that's a good kind of fuck up. We can deal with that. So, we don't want right. the ones where the gear, the, all of our details get nicked. Aye, the hackers. <laughs> no, we don't want those ones, no. If you're going to have a fuck up, at least have a positive one. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, uh, so that's it. Um, that all yours, Stu, yeah? Yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm all played out. So just... Doing my doing my duty there. Fair enough. Um, you brought some games. I did actually play some games this week. Though. I know. What um, you I did. I did actually play. Some games. I know. I said I spent a lot of time, and I did spend an awful amount of hours playing game, uh, watching Game of Thrones. But um, in the middle of the week, it was Mr. Dashbox's birthday, who's obviously one of our co-hosts. Is not here tonight because he's doing uh, family things. But it was his birthday, and uh, he'd managed just by some fluke, I think, from uh, the Midlife Gamer to. Um, get us a couple of tickets to a Nintendo post-E3 event down in London. 
Um, so he asked me if I wanted to come along, and I booked myself a day off and headed down the train and went to that there London on a very sunny, lovely day. Uh, met up with Dash, and uh, after a bit of faffing around, we found this uh, nondescript little door down Piccadilly with uh, the word Nintendo on the front of it. Um, Sounds we had walked the lane for Piccadilly about four times before then, but that's a different story. Um, so we, we went in, and yeah, there was um, a lot of the games that were talked about in the Nintendo E3 event were actually there, playable, um, in this, this like, ticketed closed-door event. And um, so we got to play some lovely... Um, upcoming Wii U titles. Yeah. Uh, so, let's talk about some of the things we played. Um, first of all, we went in. We played some Super Smash Brothers on the Wii U uh, on a lovely big screen, playing with um, actual GameCube pads as well. Um, I don't know if you know, but they're re-releasing the GameCube pad for the Wii U because everyone loves a GameCube pad and it's a, it's well loved and it's a lovely ergonomic pad. Um, and they're actually re-releasing a proper Wii U version of it very shortly. Um, we had we had confirmation of that from um, the one of the ladies from Nintendo that was there. So um, no dates yet, but that's a good thing, I suppose, if you like the Wii U's. Because design hasn't moved on in the last fifteen years and control schemes. You know what I mean? It's crazy. To be honest, mate, getting hands on with it um, in a modern game, it felt really good. Yeah, but that's crazy. Uh, it's crazy to think like it was like twelve, fourteen, twelve years ago that was released, it, and that's the. It's a long old time, isn't it? But yeah, it's it still holds up, and I think if they can, um, I think some of the the, the micro switches in the buttons might not have been fantastic at the time. And I think obviously using new technology to make uh, the button presses more positive and stuff like that could could be a good move. Um, no doubt it'll carry a nice hefty price tag like all Nintendo controllers seem to do. But um, that aside, the actual game, um, I've not played a great deal of Smash Bros. I've played it on the GameCube a few times. Um, when we've gone to events and stuff like that, I've, I've had hands-on with it. And I'm not really much for that style of um, game, that, that style of fighter. I'm more of a, a one-on-one Street Fighter sort of fighter, that sort of player. But um, this version was really good, and some of the characters in there just made me laugh. You've got the, uh, the little villagers from Animal Crossing are in there. Um, and scrape. <laughs> there were some Pokemons in there. I think I played a game as uh, Greninja. Um, there's some other ones in there. I can't remember. I think Pikachu's in there, obviously, and uh, a couple of other Pokemons floating around. But it looks like okay, they've really scraped the barrel with like first-party characters. Um, one of the characters you can play as, which was actually quite effective and quite good, was uh, the Wii Fit trainer. Right. The girlfriend Wii Fit. Um, that was mildly amusing. Some of the moves she does are quite fun. Um, really fast paced. The the levels we were on, we played on some good levels where you were, um, you actually fighting on top of the planes in pilot wings, so that you got the biplanes flying around. Um, we're actually fighting on top of those. That was quite good. Um, lo- those are really quite fun levels. Um, obviously harking back to different games, so that you got different characters, um, fighting on levels designed from different games. That was quite good. Um, loads of different moves, loads of particle effects, all the things you'd expect. Um, another evolution. Um, but if You've got a Wii U and you've got four people to sit there and play on it. I don't, can't think of much better, to be honest with you. I'm looking forward to the the 3DS version of it. To be honest, that's that's the biggest thing on my radar when it comes to Nintendo. Well, we did play that as well. Um, that was there on on the same little bit of a stand. Um, we actually did a bit of a competition over there. We were doing a competition to win some T-shirts. So me and Dash entered that. Uh, played the 3DS version. It was quite good. Uh, much the same sort of game. You know, it was slightly different for me. I think. Um, Playing it on the little screen, rather than all playing on looking at the same big screen, obviously looking at your own screen, everyone's hunkered over their own little device. 
Um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure I was at home with that as much as I was with playing with the controller on the big screen, but I can see how it'd work. And obviously, if there's uh, network connectivity on there, then all the better for it. You know, you can you can still play that game online. That'd be really good. Excellent. But it play it plays so much like the other one. Um, yeah, it's what you'd expect really. More characters and being able to take it with you—that's what people want. So, what else do we play? Uh, obviously, the big one that everyone was talking about after E3's Nintendo thing. Uh, Nintendo's E3 thing was Splatoon and they had that there they had 8 stations all set up so we could do a proper 4v4 match uh, arena style shooter all about te- um, gaining territory and the way you gain territory is to throw your coloured ink on the ground so you've got a like a paintball shooter so you can shoot your ink out you've got grenades that fire big splats of ink out you've also got this big baz- uh, bazooka rocket launcher thing that fires a big lot of ink and kills people that was quite good Um it plays really well. It's not quite as fast as I expected it to be from the videos we saw, not this stage anyway, but being able to be the person and then change into the squid to swim through the ink of your colour, um, get yourself into different parts of the level really quickly. It all comes together really well, as you expect from Nintendo. It's all well made. It's, even at this early stage, it's it's looking um, quite a nice full title. You know, it's looking like it could be lots of fun, which is all Nintendo's about. Um, Criticism of it at the moment, I think the way it was demonstrated um, was like a, a corridor-style map. So you've got one team spawn point at one side, the other team spawn point at the other. Um, you've got some bottleneck places and some open places in between them. Um, the way it was at the time, when me and Dash played, there was a team of people, um, obviously the PR people who played it lots of times on the other team. So once they knew where they knew where the bottlenecks were, once they'd taken the bottlenecks, they basically pinned us into our spawn and spawn killed us about five hundred wow, times. Wow, PR uh, spawn camp, amazing. Wasn't the best blooming experience of the game, um, but still it played really well and stuff like that. And later on, we had another game where it was more mixed up with the teams, more uh, randoms playing with us, so it wasn't so bad. You know, we got a bit more feel for it. Um, really enjoyable though. I think again, if you've got lots of people. Um, to, to come around your house and play it could be a fantastic thing and I think it's going to be online so you can obviously all link up your fancy Wii U's yeah. uh, what else did we play I'm going to quickly rattle through a few we played um, Yoshi's Woolly World which is a <laughs> standard Mario type platformer but it's got like a fabric sort of um, art style to it so things are made of wool and made of sewing stuff like that. Is that so like you have to Kirby's Epic collect yarn? bits of wool. It it is kind of like Kirby's Epic Yarn, but imagine um that crossed with one of the later Mario games. So it's you know, there's lots to it, lots of secret things to find in there, lots of um really good animations, the way that when your character goes down into a pipe, for example, um it it unravels itself and the and the wool spins down into the pipe and those sort of things. So it's it's really pretty, really well done. Um Dash certainly enjoyed it. That's his sort of game. He he, he was itching to get on that. So that was a good one. Um, I played the one of the new Sonic games, Sonic Boom, which is a 3D Street exploring... Street Fighter crossover, is it? No, it's not Sonic even that. Boom. I wish it was. <laughs> um, it was it was a th- third-person uh, exploring arena puzzle, shoot 'em up, beat 'em up, move things around, jump on top of them sort of game. Um, Basically, as I said to the PR guy who was there at the time, it could be any franchise. It just so happens that it's got the Sonic characters in it. You know, it's pretty generic. Um, yeah, there were some nice touches to it. You, 
you know, each of the characters use their own special abilities to do things, but it didn't look all that to me. It's not really my kind of game. Um, but it was there, and we played it. It's not out yet. That's always what it's all about. Um, I would say that, but as I've said, maybe in the past, that maybe didn't make it out, but I think Sonic's new aimed at a younger audience, so I wouldn't expect it to be your cup of tea, or mine, or Will's, you know? Because, obviously, Sonic's gone for a younger audience, and I think... I'm not so sure, though, with this, because the characters certainly seemed a lot more grown up, if you like. Like, Knuckles seemed a right big badass, Mm. and uh, we couldn't hear any of the the conversations between the characters in the cutscenes and stuff. But um, it looked like the characters were more grown up. Uh, The gameplay, maybe not so much. See, there's a cartoon um, series to accompany this as well, but, so... There is, yeah. It's a case of... You know, it's maybe... I think the the game is the prequel to the series, or the series is the prequel to the game. I can't work out which way it is, but one one's the the prequel to the other. Ah. So it does kind of fit in with that universe. So whether those characters do turn out to be for the kids or, or slightly older, I'm not entirely sure, but um, it'll come to pass, I'm sure. Um, other interesting things that were available. I played Hyrule Warriors, which was uh, like a Dynasty Warriors game. In the Zelda universe, which, as you can imagine, was exactly what I've just described to you. Uh, lots and lots of enemies on the screen. Um, all the enemies that you've seen in the Zelda games, all swarming about you. Lots of um, combo moves, lots of special powers. The two playable characters in it were Zelda and Link, um, which was quite nice to play as a different character. You know, play, play as a, a bit of Princess Link, whatever her name what? is, Princess Zelda, Princess Zelda. <laughs> Oh, shut up. Princess Zelda. I don't play Zelda games. Uh, to play as Princess Zelda or whatever. Um, and it was, it was quite nice. All the sounds were as you'd expect them in all the Zelda games. So, um, and all the rupees were flying out of the characters and stuff like that. So, there was lots of stuff there to relate to, um, if you like the Zelda stuff. But, you know, a slightly different style of game with it having um, big open arena com- uh, combo-based combat things. So that was interesting, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, Bayonetta 2 was there. Um, Dash wouldn't let me play it because he doesn't like Bayonetta. Arse. And there was a, we didn't want to wait for a couple of people to finish. Um, I did look over someone's shoulder when they were playing it, and as you can expect, it's Bayonetta to the max, really. Um, massive combos, loads of things going on at the screen at the same time. Um, again, we couldn't hear the music and stuff like that, so I, don't, I couldn't, couldn't talk about that, but. Um, yeah, it looked really pretty as you expected to do. Um, I think they're, they're pushing the graphics on the Wii U and things are looking really nice on there now, you know. Um, considering it's not such up to date hardware as, as the, the newer consoles. But still, it looks really nice and it looked like the guy who was playing it was having lots of fun. So, um, I'm sure it'll be exactly what people want from Bayonetta 2. Um, last few things we played then. Um, Captain Toad's something something <coughs> journey something um well have you played the 3d mario game on the 3ds yes there's some little toad levels apparently little toad puzzle levels oh um that are in that have you seen those? <coughs> i've completed that and i've never came across them but there's a lot but you can you complete that game and you've probably only seen about 50 percent of it to be honest so all right there's a, a lot of the game world takes place and the. Uh, the little bonus things that you find in all the stages, and I haven't went through to do that yet. So okay, well, this we might want to might be one of those things. Then we've got these little levels with Toad apparently, and this is built off that sort of style of play. Uh, it's very much um, 
a force perspective sort of thing. So you can, well, it's not force perspective, like, but it's, it's puzzles. The ones we played were all based inside like a cube. Um, and within that cube, you can rotate it to any angle. And you've got to go through the cube in different ways to collect gems and coins and reach the goal on that. Um, that was quite good. And there's different types of levels built into the game. We, we saw three different levels, I think, of different, totally different mechanics. So the, the one was in the cube where you're moving your person around like a, a 3D platformer, but rotating the whole world around so you can see different angles when you're going through tunnels and stuff like that. Um, another one was you're on a minecart and you're actually using the Wii U pad um, as your vision. So you're, you're moving it around to shoot things while this minecart's moving on a, on a standard track. So you're literally spinning around on the spot, looking up and down with your pad, shooting things. Um, makes you look stupid when you're playing it, which was quite good. Um, and another one was uh, a boss battle that was in there. So it was this big cylinder, um, cylindrical room, if you like, filling up with lava with a big dragon in it. Um, going around the edge of this, again, you could change the perspective by moving the pad around um, to find all the little secrets and hide behind stuff to get away from this dragon. It was really, really playable and um, looks like it, it could be really lots of fun to play. Um and certainly, that if I was going to get a Wii U, that's the sort of game I'd like to play on it. You know, something that's that's got lots of secret things to find, and um, has, has got new ways to use the the hardware you've got on offer. Nice. Uh, we did also. They had the um, remember Project Giant Robot that they talked about. They actually had that playable there. So um, it was basically like you play one of the robots in one of the Power Rangers scenes where they're having the big fights between the, the giant robots in the cities so what you had was um, like a lab where you could design your own robot so you could change the length of his arms and you could change the, the dimensions and, and the, the, the look of your robot then put him into different situations where you're fighting enemies um, that was quite good again you were using the pad as your vision so like you, you were looking from as if you were controlling the robot from inside moving him around with the pad using the triggers and the, and the buttons to, to move his arms and legs and stuff and that was uh, again really enjoyable obviously at, at sort of alpha stage but uh, th- there's some legs in that I think Did they show the figures? The figures um, the figures were really weird actually when we walked in, when we first walked in there was a little cabinet with some of the figures in some of the Amigos in. And um, by the time we'd gone round and played the games we wanted to play and got back round to that point, they weren't actually there. So I don't know whether Ooh, somebody had nicked them or fever, you know? they'd, they'd been taken away. But that that was really weird. So I don't know what happened to them. We didn't get to speak to anybody about that. They look slightly better quality than Skylanders. No, not at all. No? I don't think they are. No, no I think they're, they're tiny, for one. And um, I think they look very breakable. Mm-hmm. From what I saw. Whereas Skylanders are at least quite chunky and um, I mean, giants, they, giants. They stand massive. up to a bit of throwing around the living room, as I've seen with my own eyes. But generally, um, it was nice to see games that aren't out yet, which is what we like to do. Obviously, at, uh, it's a few couple of months left to Eurogamer and stuff when we're going to see some more games. But this was a nice little in-between thing and a, a nice way to spend the birthday with Dash. Um, lots of fun having uh, playing some games and uh, probably even more fun sat in the bar in Leicester Square watching women and drinking beer in the sun. <laughs> it also means when you go to a Eurogamer you can completely dodge the Nintendo stuff. That's it, yeah, I've already done all that. Yeah. Everybody's going to be queuing up for Splatoon and I'll be uh, avoiding it like the plague. Yeah. That could be cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's all the games I've played and I think that's all the games we've all played this time around. 
Right then, so uh, for the second half of this show, we're going to talk about things that are grinding our gears, things that are taking the piss and getting on our nerves, and things that we generally don't like at the moment. Um, Stu's been fairly vocal about something on the WhatsApp, which gave us the idea for this, and I think we all have things we like to moan about now and again, and Stu makes a living out of moaning, obviously, so uh, <laughs> we're going to let him lead <laughs> with his... Uh, Stu, what's grinding your gears at the moment? At the moment, the one monster and weight I feel as annoyed at is day one patches. And this is a kind of new thing because, well, it's not really a new thing, but it's a new thing in the size that these ones are involved in. Uh, I'm going to use three examples of the last three months. Uh, Watch Dogs was released on the Xbox One. It came with a 11 gig day one patch. It's 11 gig. Wolfenstein was released on Xbox One. It came with a 9 gig patch. And Sniper Elite 3 was released on Xbox One and it came with a 16 gig patch. Now, why are these games shipping with patches day one so large? Because if I didn't have internet access, the game is fundamentally broken then. Because you can't tell me 16 gig is nothing. You know what I mean? Cause 16 gigs more than most full titles on the marketplace, you know? As in like Rise and stuff, you know? So it's a bit kind of terrifying, and I just don't agree with this logic of the new system where they're like, oh, we'll just put it out, and we'll patch it. And then we'll... I don't mind getting out and then being patched in fair dues, but when they put it out and they patch it with such a big patch day one, it's kind of like, well, what's the point in releasing it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. Um, I've got a bit of a mitigation, trying to play a bit of devil's advocate. Um, First of all, I suppose I'm going to say that, as we know, the release dates for these things are set a long time in advance. We all have seen that Watch Dogs was meant to be released back in whatever time and got put back by six months. And it's not the only game that's done that. Lots of games have been put back lots of times. But it comes to a point where you have to set a date you're going to release it because there's so much needs to go into action for release on that date. You've got servers to set up. You've got um, distribution to set up. You've got to get the games out into the shops. You've got to get the games onto the marketplace. You need to have a drop-dead date for these things. If that means that you've got all that stuff in place and the game isn't quite ready, with the infrastructure being as it is at the moment, that most people, admittedly not everyone, but most people have got a decent enough connection that a big download like that is no more than streaming a film for a couple of hours, then I I think, in a way, they're perfectly justified to say, well, yeah, we'll stick the game out. We know it's not quite ready, but that work has been done. It wasn't done in time to put it on the disc when the disc was pressed probably two months before the release date, because these things don't happen the day before. That work has gone on in in that bit of time between the disc being pressed and the release date. That stuff's on the server. Your computer's going to suck it down. Your your Xbox, whatever's going to suck it down um, to give you the best experience they can from the start. Well, the flip side, and this is I'm going to use this as the extreme because this is the only game I know that's done this. But I bought Battlefield Four, and it's well documented. It's had up to six months. But Hang on, can we, can we just can we just this is Stu slagging off a Battlefield game, people. Mark this in your diaries. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. It's a known fact. I can't stand Battlefield Four because. Battlefield 4 was launched, and you put it in, and it's been it's been bugged and played, and EA and DICE have openly admitted, we made an absolute cock of this shit, and it's an absolute mess, and basically, I'll be honest, right, I was all ready to buy it, and I was all excited, and I go in and put it in, and it crashed, it wiped my single player campaign, this is like two, three weeks after launch, right, fair dues, patches came, 
the games fundamentally only became good in the last month. So that's since the Xbox's launch, what, eight months ago? Now, that's an extreme case, but if you would have told me that that game was going to be busted for six months, I would never have bought that game day one. You know, I would never have bought it on launch. And at the end of the day, it's not the same with Watch Dogs, because Watch Dogs is a story-driven game and stuff, and I can you can get a bit of leeway, but having seen the glitches I've seen in Sniper Elite, I'm wondering uh, how glitchy would it have been without the patch, you know? And it's all these kind of things where, if, like I say, if you don't have an internet connection, you're going to end up with a busted game, you know? And the fact that well, the, the manufacturers, the manufacturers, the developers are saying don't play your game until you've downloaded this, because Wolfenstein's patch went two days late, because I played Wolfenstein without the patch, and then the patch hurt the next day, and it, it downloaded it the next day, and it's kind of like, well, I was playing that game unpatched, it's like, so basically it's my, 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 it's my fault for playing the game I've spent £40 on, you know? And I think at the end of the day, they're taking liberties with the money. And it's only a matter of time to some smart cookie puts two and two together and goes, hold on, I've paid for a product and the product's a lie and they'll get some kind of legal action took against one of the studios and there'll be a big hoo-ha on Eurogamer and Kotaku about the person who sued X, Y and Z. And at the end of the day, it is because they're, we're buying a product falsely advertised that isn't working, you know? If it was a toaster, you take the toaster back to Asda. If it was a washing machine, you take it back to Comet. You know what I mean? If you're buying something on the face look at out of the box and it is invalid and not working, then it's fraud. It's basic fraud fraud. It's not right. Let me let me just let me just remind you of one thing. When the whole Xbox turnaround thing was going about, when we we're gonna have always on consoles, which you agreed with. I, I totally agree with that. Day, you, I right, still you agree with Xbox. No, stop, stop. Let me fucking talk. You've had your bit, right? right? Okay. Well, Get the fucking boxing gloves out in a minute. So, what they said was, right, we'll stop it being always on, but what you will get is you won't get the best experience of the console without being online. This was, this was what they said fundamentally from the start, that they said, without having an internet connection, you will not get the full experience of this console and these games. And this is exactly it. If, if the people haven't got an... Um, an internet connection, then they're not going to get the full experience, which unfortunately mean unfortunately means they're not going to get the full version of the game. See, you're straight. See, that's I don't sign up. I think at the end of the day, if you buy a box product, there's a minimum standard you expect to receive. And I understand you're saying uh, full experience to me is like online playing stuff, fair dues, right? But core mechanics of a game wiping saves and crashing and being unstable is unacceptable in this day and age. Like, we can't go on with this. It's like that game. That, <laughs> that game again that I'm not going to mention but that game was released and it was a bucket of shit you know what I mean and I, we love it we love that game but at the same time everybody was like oh that game's rubbish that game's crap blah 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 so why the hell I'm they... confused about what that game is <laughs> slag it off by name come on <laughs> Colonial Marines <laughs> that 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 guiding light <laughs> I don't think that was anything to do with patches, though. I think that was just Aye. shite. Yeah, and people people swagged it off constantly. No, a game's people r- being you. Yeah, well, yeah, and then I enjoyed it, and then fair dues. But anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the fact that you're buying games, and the games are needing massive patches to fix problems in them. And why the hell is anybody jumping on it and going, "Hold on, this is unacceptable"? Because basically, it's it's like it's like the Kickstarter stuff. The Kickstarter stuff. You fund up a Kickstarter, right? You pay the money to the Kickstarter. There's no guarantee the Kickstarter game's going to be released, is it? You're you're basically blind faith. So when I'm buying Sniper Elite, it's a blind faith purchase that the game's going to be playable. It will be playable, but it will only be 
as playable as it should be, you know? And I think that's a core problem with me, is the fact that I'm sick of buying games and having them with massive updates. And as I said on the WhatsApp to you guys, Dead Rising 3, for example, had a 16 gig update, but it gets a buy because it was backholding DLC. So you're going with a 16 gig worth of DLC content being loaded into the machine. And do you know that Sniper Elite V3 isn't doing the same thing? I, I know within a shadow of a doubt it's not doing the same thing. Mm. Well, let me just um, well, give you a Titan Falls point. Or not. Right, here we go. I might talk at some point. <laughs> no, shut up, Will. <laughs> <laughs> right, another thing I'm going to say, right? So, you'd like these games not to be released until they're ready, yeah? Yes, I would pay a premium. So, to to cancel a release date and to change all the servers, to change all the distribution, to change all the marketing that goes into a release date for a game, you're talking the very minimum you're going to be able to put onto a game is a couple of months, yeah? Yep. So, you would rather wait a couple of months than download a patch which could take you maximum five or six hours to download a patch. Yeah. Because what you yeah, because So you'd rather wait two months for a game to be complete than wait five and, or six hours for a game to be complete. And I'll be able to take that game out of the box, put it in, I'll be able to go online, I'll be able to play online, I'll know have major lag issues, I'll know have rubber banding and it'll know basically make I'm talking about battlefield here, but it'll know make me feel like I'm I'm stuck in treacle all the time. Now if that was what I was paying the extra for and waiting for on that side of things, you're damn right, I'll pay that in a heart I'd wait that in a heartbeat to have the complete package on an online shooter for a story campaign driven game. <laughs> it comes down to personal choice, doesn't it? It's a story driven one, you're taking the story out of it. But if you if there is bugs that involve corrupt saves like Watchdog and their Ubisoft, Ubiplay glitch, which to be honest, I'm no I've never touched Watchdog since that was announced that glitch because I know it'll, it would probably happen to me because I've had that happen in the past and I'm not putting 25, 30 hours into a campaign for it to be wiped at the last minute because of some unlock, you know? So, that's what you've got to look at. Because Batman, Arkham City, good example, my brother played Arkham City, same thing happened to him. He put about 15, 15 16 hours in it, he did quite a lot of the workshop, it was about 85% complete, and the save went corrupt because of a glitch within it that they did not patch. And the reason they didn't patch it and they didn't realise it was there was because it only was active in the last quarter of the game. You know what I mean? So it's a hell of a lot of investment to ask somebody to put time and effort into a game to find out that the glitch is there at the very end of the death of it. You know what I mean? That's a hell of a lot of investment. Um, would you like to put the investment in that the company's putting in to change all the marketing and distribution and everything that I've mentioned before? Well, That's a hell of an investment as well. well. That is a hell of an investment. But then the hell of an investment as well goes with all the people who turn against them on Twitter and call their thing nothing but a piece of... You know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't matter because they're making money. They'll release the game, they'll make the money. It's, it's going to continue, right? They don't care. They don't care because people will buy the product and they'll go for it. And that's it. But at the same time, the name, the brand has been tarnished. Or at least for me, it's been tarnished. Because the argument is, well, I've run out there and buy Hardline on day one. Probably not. Because I don't I don't trust what EA and Dice are doing now. After the mess they made, it'll take a you're, lot. You're, you're kind of going away from your... The, the argument you've got is day one download. Oh, it's the same thing. It's you think you think you'd rather wait a couple of months or six months for a game yeah. rather than downloading an update. There's another element to it, right? Think about this point of view, right? And this it might be a minor thing, but it's something that I, I know it's going to there's going to come a point where it's going to ruin a day for me. How many times have you took a day off for a game coming out, like Halo or something? Yeah. Just once. <laughs> once. I, I've done it a couple of times in life. Uh, I've done it for most of the Halos to be honest, as they've came out. And now you've took your day off work and you, you tune it in and suddenly it comes up. Here's a 16 gigabyte download. 
that you need to you need before you can play online. And with my internet connection, that's taken the day. Do you know what I mean? And then that's it. I've took that day off work for absolutely nothing because they didn't tell me that I'm going to have to download a 16 gigabyte update the first day. Well, was it? Then so be it. You and all your mates who've taken a day off can play something else. It's not the only game. No, in the you can't. You've if waited. You've waited. You can't download it. You can't download. You've waited. You've waited three years potentially for a game because this is the distance between Halo games is two or three years. Yeah. What does one more day matter? Really? Uh, it, matters because, it matters because I've just used a day, a day off from a work, Aye. which I, I get limited amount of, and they day off, they days off are worth money. Aye. When you really get down to it, that's, that's, that's then, money out of my pocket. Then spend that day and go to the fucking zoo and have your fucking fun day off instead. Zoo. I don't like this. Or whatever else I don't you do, do the on fucking, fucking console zoo. Fucking console <laughs> But the other yeah, thing is, you, well, there's, there's other things in the world. Honestly, as much as I love fucking games, I love sitting in front of the TV with a controller in my hand. If I've booked a day off work, I know I'm not going to be able to play the game I want that day. No, there's if fucking you a... many other things I can do. I can go in the pub and get fucking lashed for 24 hours and play that game tomorrow. No, what if you booked a day off to go to the zoo? <laughs> right, let's, let's, let's do this another way around, right? And the you tigers booked, were You booked a day installed. off to take the family to the zoo or whatever, right? And you, you get up, you, you head towards the zoo. You get there and it's shut. Didn't say anything about it on the website. Same, same, same thing happens. Other zoos are available. No, you've just spent your day. You've just wasted your day. Aye. No, I haven't wasted my day because I go nice and early. If and if the zoo's closed, there's another fucking zoo to go to, or I go <laughs> to the <laughs> beach, or I go bowling. Or I'll Do you live in a part of the country that's just laden with zoos <laughs> all over the place? Yeah, pretty no, much. No, what it's like is it's like going to the zoo. What it's like is going to the zoo, paying your fifty pound again to the zoo, going into the tiger enclosure and finding out that it's a chihuahua instead of a tiger, going to the giraffe pen and seeing that it's a turtle instead of a giraffe. No, no it's like it's... going to the zoo and finding out that they're going to have fucking animals next week. Aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> it's stuffed toys instead of actual no, but it's, animals. It's, but it's going to the zoo, right? Well, you go to that zoo expecting you go to, the to see giraffes. animals. The giraffes are out the back giving something to eat. They'll be back in about three hours. Go and see the rest of the zoo no, but and come back in fucking three hours. But the rest of the zoo's no there. That's the thing. It's, like you're, it's a fake zoo. But because... it is. Your other games are all there. All your other games are there to play. You don't need to play that game. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, you cannot. You can only download the update as long as the disc is in your drive. You cannot remove that disc. This is the other thing. I put Sniper Elite in, it downloaded the gig. See if I took that, that disc out, it would stop downloading it. Is this true? Aye, because it's the first... See, when, see because the Xbox One installs. So you put the disc in. What would happen normally is you put the disc in and it installs the game to your hard drive, right? Mm-hmm. You you remove the disc while the game is installing the hard drive. It doesn't install the game, right? Or it stops. I think it stops it, right? Well, when you this is the annoying thing. This is what it gets to me is you put the disc in day one at any game and it'll say 20 gig update, right? It'll install it, but what it does as well is it installs a tiny wee amount of the disc at the same time. So if I remove that disc, it will no install the game because the game's not in the drive. So then put it in the drive when you go to sleep, and when you wake up in the morning, it'll be all nice and downloaded. Unless you wake up and your wrist is on fire. That's the other thing. That's what I was going to say. Aye, because my external hard drive draws so much power and shit. You know what I mean? You've got so much devices on for it. What I did yesterday was I put Sniper away in at 11 o'clock in the afternoon, went outside and went away and had a day out with my girlfriend and I came back at half nine at night and it was still downloading it. You know what I mean? It was like a snail space. And also what you do is you wake up the next morning and your fist isn't on fire. 
<laughs> You've got right. the game. Or you get a better internet connection and it'd be downloaded. What happens is, right, you, you, you set it to download all night, so you have your thing on for the eight hours that you went to sleep, or two or something, however long you sleep, Jess, I don't know. Um, you wake up the next morning, you go, right, I'm going to play Halo. And you're no, like, you don't, because you go to work. Because the day you booked off is finished. Well, what you find so as you well... You go to work no. the next day, <laughs> you f- and by the time you've had a sleep and gone to work, by the time you get home the next day, it'll be downloaded. It'll be fine. No, but what you find as well is your 360 and your Xbox switches themselves off. If you set, if you do the right thing. Because I've got mine set up, if it's inactive for eight hours, they switch themselves off and go to sleep. But the Xbox will download stuff while it's asleep. Ah, it does it at night. It does it at night. As long as it's, if you, if you go in the, the Xbox One in the kind of instant mode, it downloads. This is what I'm telling you to do. The, the, the facility is there for you to do it. Yeah, that's what so it does. Do it. But it, you're not getting it, but it's the fact that I've just... I do, I do get it. I get the fact that your internet connection is so shit it took you fucking nine weeks to download the game. But that's so not his fault. you're fucking moaning about that's, it. That's not his fault. No, because... It's not the fault of the, the rest of the country that have shit internet connections. Because I don't live near a hub. I don't live in a city. I live in a kind of outskirts suburb. Then move to a city. But Stop why? Moaning. I've spent over a grand... Because technology is I've there. I've spent over a grand on Xbox equipment and Xbox One equipment. <laughs> I don't have the money left, Jay. What the idea? What the idea, man? And then there's the point that I do live in the middle of a city, <laughs> and I still have shit internet. But you live in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's losing this fight, man. He's losing it so bad. It's, 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 well, I'm not losing this fight. It's all right. Listen. <laughs> day one updates, right? I or no? Well, I or no? Day one updates. I say, fuck it, away with them. Jay, day okay. one updates. I say, I say, you can wait two months for the game to be fucking rewritten. So it's fucking good. I'll download it while I'm asleep and play it the next day and oh, tell you all about fire. how good it is. <laughs> when is my why is my house gonna be on fire? Will? What are you on about? Are you are you running your house on a fucking coal burner or something? What's going on? <laughs> and I'm, I'm and I'm against them. So basically it's two against one. Console ninjas are against day one updates. Right, I'll tell you what, this this is where we need to call for community support. Right, so people. Community services. All four of you people who are listening, right? right we dash, we dash. Get on the Twitter, get on the Twitter, give us your opinions. I want to know what people think about the day one downloads. To help us sort out this fight. Hashtag day one updates. Before I drive I up to Scotland and beat not. you to death. Hashtag finish the fight. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag install now. So, the question is for Twitter then. Day one downloads. Do we put up with them and have a game to play the next day once we've downloaded the update? Or do we wait months and months even though the game's already been delayed for Or you can just times? ask the question a bit more fucking... <laughs> a bit less you ask the question? <laughs> do you... When you, pay, when you pay your £45, are you paying for a complete title? Or are you playing for an incomplete title? That's the short... Yeah, that's my take on it. As you're saying, oh, you can wait, you can wait. Yeah, you can wait, right? But you're still buying a faulty product which is incomplete. Right, right, we've had that argument already. I bet. That's my point. Let's not go back around the circles. Right, if you've listened to it, you know what the score is. What Give us your, your take on it. Give us your opinion. Give us your take on the emails, on the Twitters, all the usual stuff. Right. Bloody hell, that was long, wasn't it? Um, is there anything else that's grinding anyone's gears apart from Stu grinding mine? <laughs> it means, hopefully mines won't spawn as long a com- conversation as that. But... Oh, I wouldn't bank on it, Will. Come on then, what you got? Right, right. Okay. I was in Portugal la- uh, last week, right? Had no access to the internet, and what I oh, found. Oh, here we go again. That's a That's a different situation, right? And what I found was all the games I'd been playing on my iPhone up to that point were all free to play, 
online titles. You know, I've been playing that little silly jousting game, and I've been playing uh, Trials, uh, Frontiers, all that kind of stuff. And I found that I had nothing to play while I was away. Don't get me wrong, I was busy experiencing the world and shit, but sometimes you've got that time where, you know, you're sitting about, there's nothing else to do, and you want to pick up your phone and play a wee quick game or something. So I decided I was going to look for something to play uh, to, to counteract that. And lo and behold, I'm looking through the App Store and I found Rollercoaster Tycoon 4 for 99p. And I, I love the Tycoon series, especially the Rollercoaster Tycoon games. So I, I got quite excited about this. I've downloaded it. To my absolute horror, I find that it's pretty much a free-to-play game that you need to pay for. You need to pay to actually buy the game and then they still hit you with this free-to-play shite. So... I'm not happy with this at all. What do we think about this? The idea of actually buying the game and then still being hit with all the free-to-play pish. I suppose it's just different ways of using the same model, isn't it? Um, there's a lot of games where you pay a little tiny bit and then the in-app purchases are drip-fed to you. There's a lot of games where you pay slightly more and the the, the, the in-app purchases are further between each other. Um I think it's all lots of the same model, which has just gone a bit too far. I think everything is becoming free to play to a point now, which unless you really do play a premium for it, um, you know I don't like it. You know I, I'm not a big fan of any of these things where you you can't really do a great deal about the in-app purchases. Um, they're forced upon you at every point, and the whole time mechanic and stuff like that really gets to me. But the whole idea that you've you've actually paid some money and then you need to pay more just to really get into the game. It's um, is it all the times and that as well? Is it does yes. it all the time stuff and that? So this, this is the thing, right? The, the reason I like the Rollercoaster Tycoon series. Now I, I love Theme Park. I loved that back in the day, but when I finally got a PC, I got myself a hold of. I think it was Rollercoaster Tycoon Two. I got, and when I played that, I discovered a whole new world where. Um, you can completely tweak everything in your park right down to like, the, the the prices of your little food stands and exactly what's going into them, orders, deliveries, uh, paying your staff's wages, all that kind of stuff. And and then when you got to the roller coasters, like properly just building every little bank and corner and everything and making your own personalised park, right? So what you've got here is you've actually just got Farmville with a roller coaster tycoon skin on it, where. Mm. You get a certain amount of coins, and I mean they're not even trying to pretend that it's money. It's just coins, play coins. Um, you get a certain amount of coins. You use it to buy a burger stand and like a fucking bouncy castle or something. I can't remember whatever it was about, right? The 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 ride that you've built brings a certain amount of people to your park, and the food stands you collect the money from them. At a, so that depending on how expensive the stand is, you can collect the money from it at different intervals. So like the the burger stand you've got like every two minutes or something you get to collect a hundred coins from it all the way up to the fact that I've now got like a Chinese restaurant where every four hours you come back and you get like two thousand coins from it. The only decent thing in the game is they've kept the whole customizable roller coaster thing in it, but every single other thing in the game has been dumbed the shit down, and it's pretty much just Farmville with roller coasters. Is the game and that, that I feel really betrayed by this because I love. Rollercoaster Tycoon and just seeing that in the app store, like, oh, there's Rollercoaster Tycoon 4, let's get into this and you get it and it's this absolute tripe that I'm playing 
It's it's just ruined it for me. It's it's, it's I've lost faith in humanity from this. Two two questions: Is the game unplayable without the app chapters? And who's it's it? It's not pl- unplayable, who? but it's only playable. It's only playable every four hours right. for about two minutes. Right. Pay to wait. And uh, who's published it? Do you know? I never even looked. Because if it's EA, then. Well, they're be, uh, theme park, aren't they? So I, I, don't, I don't imagine so. Because I was going to go if it's EA, it'll be the same boys at the Dungeon Keeper. And, well. I'm going to check. It's an Atari game. Oh, for the. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Atari, Christ, they're dead. Um, but it's not that. It's the fact that they didn't even need to make a new game. They could have just put out the most recent one for years ago on the PC and just popped a version of that on the phone. Do you know what I mean? But what they've done is they've chosen to make this really, really crap game that really shits all the series when you look at it. Because the whole point in theme, uh, a roller coaster tycoon was that you were getting to play theme park, but deeper, with a lot more to it. But this shit is dumber than the original theme park. Do you know what I mean? It's oversimplified crap. And as I said, it's the fact is, I don't want to play a game for two minutes every four hours. I want to, every now and again, pick it up and play it for half an hour. Do you know what I mean? And I don't want to have to come back and play it every few years to get my money. Is there an option to, like, buy it out? Like, as in, although you've nope. paid, so there's no, like, ultimate kind of, like, buy out you have everything no. now. And it couldn't be, because it's not that type of game. It's properly all the things are, like, the way it is in Farmville, the way you would you would buy a cow and you can milk it every couple of years. Do you know what I mean? So give us the uh, give us the look then. Get get in your app, Will, and find out what the highest priced in app purchases and yeah, what you let, get for let, it. Let's go then, right? That's what I always like to look at. Take That's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see. Buying coins. You can buy two million coins, which isn't as much as you'd think, by the way. You can buy two million coins for sixty nine quid. Oh. That's terrible. And that would probably get you, what, one roller coaster or two or something? No, you'd probably get quite a few roller coasters in it, but it's... But it's not enough to set you in motion and never go back to it. Yeah. And you can get um, a pack of a thousand tickets. Tickets are like the in-game... You know, you always get the the currency, but then you get this AI. It's basically that. Um, You can get them for 69.99 as well. And again, that wouldn't last you for too long. You'd maybe get like a week's play out of that and then have to pay for it again. Do you know what I mean? And that that's ridiculous. It, it is bonkers, mate. And like you say, even when you buy those things, you've spent 70 quid on it, you've still got to wait four hours in between stuff so you can use those things. Yeah. And anybody wrong. who's willing to pay £70 on that thing, though, deserves it. So this is what me. I've thought about a lot of these, you know. How invested does someone need to be to pay seventy quid? Because it's not a, it's not an impulse purchase at that point, is it? You've got to be heavily invested into it to want to, to press the button on that. Um, yeah, it's just fucking silly, mate. So that that's upset me mostly because I wanted to play that game and I don't have that game. I have this weird imitation of the game. Do you know what I mean? The shovelware, basically. Mm. The thing is, if you with a sort of person who was that heavily invested in that game, rather than spend that seventy quid four times, you can, for that for four times you've done that, you could buy a decent laptop that run the full version. <laughs> you don't even need to have a decent laptop. I'm pretty sure my laptop could run Rollercoaster Tycoon Three. And then the no Steam problem. sale, it's about four pence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And but it's not that I don't want to sit at my laptop and play it. I was I was loving the idea of being able to play it on the go. 
If only they made laptops that were portable. Imagine that. <laughs> well, I feel just as robbed as I do by the Sims game that's on the iPad as well. Well, I was expecting to get a nice wee Sims well, game. Sims, you deserve. Well, that's EA now. We're in EA territory, we already know EA or the devil. The devil! But it's the same idea. I just wanted the, like, it didn't even need to be, like, the Sims free, because I know that would maybe be a wee bit taxing to run on your iPad, but even, like, just the, a version of Sims 2 and charge me 10 quid for it or something and I'll play it, no problem. But it's the, the fact that they've put it out for free, which at least they put it out for free, they had the decency to do that. But you basically have that same crap. Uh, you put your character to bed at night once it gets tired, and you have to wait an actual eight hours before you can pick it up, and play it again, and stuff like that. And it's just <laughs> Doing it wrong. I don't want to have to sit and wait. It's real time gaming. Play my game. And the other one that really, really pissed me off as well is Trials. Ah, yeah, the petrol. That is such a good game. See, when you play it, the the, the gameplay mechanics in that game are so good, and, and the progression's really good as well in that. Yeah, and. I would have easily paid maybe six pounds, seven pounds for that game, which is a standard sort of price for a decent game. Oh, well, it's it's, a, it's the high end of the iPhone games. Well, I see mean? you can get like XCOM and stuff like that, a full version for for seven quid, can't you? Aye, so that's what I'm saying. That that high end price, I would have paid that for a, for a proper trials game, but instead they put this free one, and it's the only trials game we have access to, so you're stuck with it. And they put out this free one where you can only really play about eight races and then you need to wait a couple of hours before you can play it again. And that's not good if I'm on a bus journey and I just want to sit and play Trials the whole way and entertain myself or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's bonkers, mate. It's, it's that. It's, the, it's actually the waiting part of it that annoys me even more than the having to pay for things. Because I don't pay for it anyway, so that doesn't bother me. I just ignore the pain for things. It's the these games where you have to sit and wait for ages before you can do anything in them. I suppose, in, to to a certain extent, this isn't me justifying it at all, but to a certain extent, the um, paying offsets the waiting. So, obviously, rather than wait, you can pay. But when you've got to pay and wait at the same time, it just doubles the women anguish, and it's just ridiculous. So, aye, that's what's been grinding my gears this week. Uh, Rollercoaster Tycoon 4 can get to fuck. It <laughs> can suck one. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. Well, um, I think we've put the world to rights with that. Um, we did drone on a bit about the day ones. But uh, as we said before, please give us your views on these. Um, let us know on the Twitters or on the emails. Uh, Twitters at console underscore ninjas. Emails console ninjas podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about the day one thing. You've heard the argument. Um, let us know what you think about uh, in-app purchases and stuff. I think we can talk about that lots of times in the future because um, everyone falls foul of it at some point or another. Um, lads, is there anything else we need to talk about before we disappear? I would just ask people to have a wee listen to the New Frontiers podcast that I'm on with your man Derek as well. Uh, we've, got, we've got three episodes of that out now and most recently we just covered Natural Born Kills. So no, if, you like that, if you like that kind of thing, have a listen. Nice, we'll have a listen to that. Also, um, also, Will, you've been you've been doing the rounds of guest podcasting as well, haven't you? So, aye, um, so I'm quite I'm quite worn out right now. Pulling um, yourself out. <laughs> aye, in fact, that would literally considering what time we're finishing now. That's three podcasts within 24 hours. What a machine! Nice, what a machine, it, right? <laughs> so yeah, listen out for um, new episodes of Last Save Loaded and the most popular girls on the internet. Um, Will's been guesting on both of those to uh, to give his little opinion over there, which I'm sure was fantastic. But we'll all have a listen and. Oh, before we go, one more thing before we go. Um, I believe that Stu 
has got a little freebie that we're going to try and give away between the podcast and Twitter. Um, what have you got, Stuart? Tell us all about what you've got, and then we'll move into the, the details of the competition. Yeah, uh, as described when I was talking about what I've been playing, I picked up Sniper Elite 3. Now, Sniper Elite 3 came with a nice wee pre-order bonus. It was basically a pack called Hunt for the Grey Wolf, and what it is is it's an, an area, a mission, where basically you go in and you kill Hitler. And it's got its own achievement tree and stuff in that. And as of just now, it is just a pre-order bonus. You only get it if you pre-order. It will appear on the marketplace. And when it does appear on the marketplace, it's going to have a monetary value of about five, six pounds, you say. So I'm basically giving away one of those, one of those for one of you lucky guys out there. And uh, obviously, this is extra hard because there's only one ball to go for rather than two. <laughs> yes. Right, so um, in order to give this away, um, let's do it like this. So, obviously, you've listened to the podcast, you've got this far, you've listened to the big argument, so you deserve it. Um, so, if you tweet us at console underscore ninjas with the words, I love the glitches um, on Twitter, and for all the people who've put I love the glitches to us on a Twitter message, uh, we'll put those in a hat and somebody out of those will win this code for the game and uh, obviously get yourself a nice free bit of DLC. And that DLC is on the Xbox One. Okay, cool. Just just in case. Sorry, PlayStation owner. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, we're looking to hopefully do more competitions like this. We're getting um, maybe some more freebies in soon so when we do that we'll, uh, we'll put those out there and you can all help yourselves and uh, Maybe have a bit more interaction with the Twitter. But anyway, that's that done. Um, so this is us signing off, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye. Catches. You fucking prick. <laughs> 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 what are you doing on